Man, Wemby's jerseys go up for auction. The current state of California is upside down. And don't look now, but the Timberwolves might actually be good. I'm Rosa Panda. This is Clinic All NBA Podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Woo, feeling good, feeling great. How are you guys? She knows she loved Jay because. Man, I'm feeling good. John, how you living, my friend? I am doing great. Lots to be thankful for. I'm good to see you guys, and let's get it. I'm Detective Chong. Man, good to see you too. Sammy, how you living, my friend? I am good, man. I am thankful that it looks like John's call of James Harden for MVP is on its way up. We'll definitely have to see about that. We might have to pump the brakes on that comment. But we got to talk about some NBA basketball here. So Victor Wembenyama, his jersey was put up for auction, and it was a jersey that he wore on his first game, and it was estimated to go for roughly 80 to 120K, but it ended up selling for a whopping $762,000. Guys, the first thing I have to add like to this is that Wembenyama's stuff has been selling like throughout this month. There was also another time where like an M- NFT card that was sold for like $110 or sorry, $110,000. And then earlier in the month, his summer league jersey fetched over 60K. But I mean, his first game almost reaching a million dollars in an auction. Do you guys think that the person overpaid for this item? What do you guys think? What? What? No. <clears throat> because I think this is a long-term investment and I'm actually kicking myself for not buying any of his rookie <laughs> cards. <laughs> I don't, I mean, all the signs were there, right? I mean, this is one of the most hyped prospects since LeBron James, as you said, and uh, man, we really missed the boat on this one, guys. Missed the boat, all four of us. But did I, do I think that the person overpaid? No, I don't, because I I still think that there's it's going to go up in value. Considering how he looks so far, right? Small sample size, but he is everything advertised and more actually, right? There's there going to be issues with consistency, but he looks he is an absolute freak. He make he makes Giannis the freak in Giannis look average, right? Just the ability for him to dribble like a point guard shoot like a shooting guard like like ray like not ray allen but can hit the three can dribble take you off the dribble defensive i mean he's just at some point he's going to be unstoppable and he's he's already well on his way to, to doing that so no i don't think this guy were paid or a girl i think it's going to be worth a lot of money assuming he stays healthy oh I see where you're coming from. And in one regard, I agree. I will throw out there, though. I'm just curious. I started snooping around here. There's an autographed jersey of Michael Jordan from his rookie year that I can get right now for 330 Just going to put that out there. This is when Bignana's first game, so I don't know what Jordan's first game jersey would have gone for, but as someone who used to... I think we all kind of collected cards as kids, right, on some level. Absolutely. I think yep. also at some point there's a little bit of that new factor where maybe you have the established star that wasn't doesn't go as much for like the new hyped prospect. 
and that definitely played in here. I do agree, like, if you buy something for this much, you're either, if, take an argument, one Bignana goes nuts next year and one's MVP, maybe you flip it because it's going to be even more. But this is obviously a long-term hold for someone who can spare $760,000 on a jersey. Um, but I do think there's a hype factor involved, obviously, and part of that is the difference between a rookie coming out in 1995 and us seeing grainy footage during the NBA draft and a kid who's been followed since he was 14 years old and was available to view footage of all over the world. So that it's a different world now in that regard. But I mean, hopefully for this investor, it works out because that means we get to see a generational player for the next 10 or 15 years. JJ, before you answer, I want I want you to answer this. If I also like if I were to to like gift you one jersey, okay, and it was a rookie jersey, their first game. I had Victor Wimbanyama's and Edwards or Zion Williamson's. Which one would you deem more valuable and take? Okay. It's probably not going to be a popular opinion, but if we took it during like the same time period, for example, two months after they played, I would have probably picked Zion's jersey. And this kind of goes in with my answer of why I think this buyer paid over uh, maybe too much is because collectors items usually are for not only great players but great players that are jaw-dropping that when kids watch they're like wow I want to play like him and granted that Wimba Yama is playing in a unique style I, I view him more as a Tim Duncan and not as a exciting player like Kobe, a Jordan, Steph Curry, LeBron. And that's why I think that person paid too much because I don't see any kids being like, oh, I'm, I relate to this guy or I want to play him on 2K. They want to play with someone that's exciting or relative relating to their skill sets. And he doesn't do that for me. So JJ's not being honest. He really, he actually, he actually thinks a Rudy Gobert's jersey would, would go for, for quite a bit. Yeah. yeah, I should have thrown his jersey in there too. Uh, so I do have a question for you guys, though. Okay, so do you do you think? And I, I think part of my thought process here is also he is different in that he is a he's from France, right? And he is does that international appeal, friend the. The French love to spend money. I mean, I could totally see bids going through the roof and people wanting this, you know, unique, not unique, but like limited edition, one of a kind jersey or, or item. So to me, that's also that goes into, that plays into my line of thinking here. Well, like, I don't know, man, like almost a million dollars for someone that isn't fully established yet like this is all hype right like in order for this to really cash out like this guy's gotta like JJ said he's not like super exciting to watch he's just kind of like freakish to watch just because we haven't seen someone that tall do that before he's gotta like win a ring or something to make it worth it right I don't know also as a side comment how is an NFT card selling for a hundred and ten thousand dollars like i thought i thought nfts were dead i don't know maybe this guy also bought like 
a hundred thousand dollars of dogecoin um but anyway i'm gonna move on we're gonna talk about a lot of west coast teams today and we're gonna talk about the minnesota timberwolves and this team has started hot out the gate with a 10 and 3 record don't look now because they are first place in the west they have they're number two in defensive rating 16th overall in um offensive rating and fourth in net rating at the beginning of the year everyone was like uh i'm tired of like putting all my eggs in the basket for the timberwolves i seem to do it every single year and it never pays off this year it's different do we think the timberwolves one are for real and it do we think it's sustainable for the rest of the season like do we see this team as a top three in the west team what do you guys think well any, well well is anybody surprised that they are middle tier average in offensive rating because i'm not especially with rudy gobert on that team yeah i'm not no but i think it's still early right i, I do think that you're going to see a shift somewhere between maybe the first at the end of the first quarter of the season going into maybe the half of the season I do think the Timberwolves are talented, right? I think that I'll be honest, they probably would have been the Lakers in the playing game had Jaden McDaniels not think that he could punch a brick wall and get away without an injury. But <laughs> I like their team. I think they have a lot of good pieces. I think they have depth. They have athleticism, obviously, and they have a, a superstar in a Anthony Edwards. I, I think. I don't know if it's sustainable. I'm I'm still skeptical of it. I think that, you know, and I have to take a look at their record so far, but the 16th in offensive rating, it does concern me a little bit, right? You'd like to see that maybe in the top 10, because I think that, that that is going to affect their wins and losses at some point. Um, but second in defensive rating, if they can keep that up, obviously defense wins games, but you're also going to want to bump up those, that, that offensive rating a little bit. Middle tier 16th is not that great. So we'll see what happens. But ultimately, I think, I mean, I think they're going to be in the playoffs, obviously. Maybe even a top four seed. But I don't know. I don't think they're going to be able to sustain of, of the first seed in the West. Thoughts? You know, it's interesting. Um, watching them, when I have seen them, they oddly started to fit together really well. I think uh, obviously the the huge part of that is and has clearly taken another step is clearly the number one on this team and I don't think it's arguable you guys can tell me if I'm right or wrong about this but he's clearly at this point right now a top 10 player he's playing like it and yeah. he he is up there so that kind of helps slot everyone where they should be where Cat is not trying to be the number one where he is more of a number two or three however you want to argue it um and it makes more sense. I think Jaden McDaniels is wildly underrated as a defender and the defense is sustainable. This defense is going to hold up. McDaniels is out right now, he'll be back in a few weeks, but they're athletic enough to cover up for Gobert, at least in the regular season. The playoffs is, is interesting to me because obviously we've seen what happens to Gobert in the playoffs. If they can scheme around it, because they've clearly seen it, they know it as well as the rest of us do, this team could be legit. I don't think they're a top seed either, but if you told me they were going to finish third, it wouldn't shock me in the slightest. 
if Ant continues his ascent, I think the question that remains for me is Conley looks really good with this team right now. He makes a lot of sense with them. Curious to see if that continues in the playoffs when the minutes are heavier, just considering that this is a guy who's been playing for a long time. So that's where I see them right now, but I do think they're legit on some level. Number one seed, maybe not, but top three, top four, definitely. What do you guys think? Wow. Do I buy that they're the best seed right now? Or like if it's if this is full school? Oh man. I mean, we've always talked about how the Timberwolves were a really talented team, but they never executed when it matters most, which is the playoffs. I think that's yet to be seen, obviously, since it's the beginning of the season. We've seen teams go what, 75%? winning rate the Suns at one point um, with Chris Paul they didn't really execute it in the the playoffs obviously we've had the Nets and even a um, few years ago remember um, the Lonzo Balls Bulls they started off really hot as well so even if you have a top defense which we're always big fans of I want to see how this team starts going through the gauntlet when it gets tough in December, January. And that's when you know you have championship level teams. It's how you get out of a rut and resiliency. That's the key word. Do you guys believe that Cat, Anthony Edwards, Gobert are resilient enough to get through the bad times? And I'm going to say no right now. Do you think that's all three of them, or do you think that's uh, more like Cat Gobert? Because I think Edwards is. I don't know about the other two. I would, I would, I would agree with you. I I want to see more from Anthony Edwards. Okay, that's that's very reasonable. I mean, yeah, that's it. Like I believe him. I believe in him. I just want to see more. Yeah, and and, and Edwards has been really good this year. The thing that like most concerned me last year was that Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns just couldn't figure out how to play together. And then you also insert like Nas Reed and they're all like really tall kind of plotting centers, but somehow they're making it work. And, you know, I've seen multiple clips of them playing defense together. And surprisingly, they got out into the perimeter and challenged shots. And I don't know if it's like different coaching, different motivation, something. Something's different about this team than last year to me. And honestly, it has me believing in them because they are starting to play better together. Those three specifically. Yeah. And then you start to include Anthony Edwards. Like, I think he is bonafide superstar. And I really do think they could finish like top three in the West. I think it's possible. And I don't think it's like uh, if they get there, I'm not that surprised. I think they could really do it like in a convincing like fashion. And let's see, who who are they tied with right now? It's um, so they're tied with Denver, I believe. Denver. And this uh, is just Denver by wins, right? And, Denver and, and Dallas, right? Oh, no, not Dallas. It's OKC. Yeah, uh, OKC. No, OKC is 10 and 4. OK, so <clears throat> Minnesota's 10 and 3. Denver and OKC are 10 and 4 right behind them. 
Okay. Which, okay, so is yeah. another story for another episode. Yeah. But yeah. What's interesting, what's interesting about the Wolves, too, is that they lost Torian Prince in the offseason, and he was a huge contributor to that team last year. I think McDaniels helped with that. I agree with you, but I think yeah, McDaniels, McDaniels stepping yeah. in his role helped a lot. Right. Let me throw a hypothetical out to all of you now. They're 10-3. and three. They're doing great. We've obviously just said that. Is there a potential trade for Cat out there? Or do you believe that it would make sense to potentially move Cat for someone who's more of a stretch for maybe a little more of a defensive presence that would actually enhance this team? Or would you leave it as is because of the start? Leave I have a name is. in mind. I want to see if you guys agree with me or not. I'm going to say leave it as is because it seems okay. that Cat's finally figuring it out. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree. Leave it as is just because the ceiling on Cat, I don't know if you're going to get something back that would have the same kind of ceiling i know we just haven't seen it from him mm -hmm. before especially like jj was saying when it matters you know when it comes to like playoff time mm -hmm. but who's who's like the archetype or the player that you had in mind so the, don't say the, james harden fool no not james sammy's favorite player no, now no, no, John's MVP, i would never trade him out of la <laughs> um, no, what I was actually thinking was if this was offered straight up, take the picks out purely from a fit perspective, Cat for Siakam. The Siakam makes sense as the four in Minnesota mm. with the rest of that lineup. That's the name I had in mind because there's been a lot of talk oh, about whether or not Toronto's group is going to stay together. And I don't know if Siakam group. is much... Like talent wise, I get it, but I don't know if he's as good of a floor spacer as Cat is, and I think that would affect their spacing. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with John. I think I would stay with with Cat. Gotcha. In this scenario. Okay. Just wanted to throw. You know, I, I do like the hypothetical no. uh, painting on the trade machine. That's a good. That's a good one, though, dude. I'll give you props for that. Thank you. Better than James Harden. There's no one better <laughs> than James Harden. <laughs> but with that, we're gonna go. With a break, with a word from our sponsor. Hold up. Are you tired of constantly losing your bets on unfair gambling apps? Our sponsor, Parlay Play, has the best lines to increase your chances at winning it big. Not only does it have great lines, it's also an awesome app with a community feel. Use code CLINICALLNBA for a deposit match up to $100 and a free $5 game on the house. They also have a feature called Slide the Line where users can raise or lower line of their choosing. Pause the pod, get on your phone, and download the app now. Yeah! Pause the pod indeed and download that app. We are going to talk about all California teams here. And it's kind of strange because at the beginning of the season, there was a certain ranking of all these California teams. And now, you know, five or six games later, it has seemed to slip because... It's either the team is doing better or the team is doing worse. And we're going to start with the Los Angeles Clippers after they traded for James Harden. They went on a crazy losing streak right after the trade. It was against, they lost against the Lakers, lost against the Knicks, the Nets, the Mavericks, the Grizzlies, the Nuggets. And these last two games, they kind of picked it up where they won against the Rockets and they won against the Spurs. So my question to you guys is... Are the last two wins a sign of good things to come for the Clippers? Or are we going to see more of these like stretches of losses? What do you guys think? 
I will defer to everyone else before I say a word. Yeah. Gentlemen. John, what do you think of your MVP pick, dude? <laughs> I think I might have been on some, some of that good stuff when I said that. I don't know what it was, but <laughs> I was definitely on something, I'll be honest. Um, I, I think it's, as a Clipper, if you're a Clipper fan, Sammy, you're... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You're probably you're probably relieved at these two wins because they were on a pretty lengthy and that's putting it lightly, six game losing streak. Um I think there there was an expectation to always that that, that there was gonna be a kind of a ramp up period. Uh, a period of they need to be familiar get familiar with each other, learn the ropes, learn how, how each other play. And then just like the you know um, the rotations and the minutes, that's something that Lou's going to have to figure out. So I think it's, 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 it's a good thing that they've won two games here. Obviously the Spurs, they're, they're not a great team. They have Wemby, but they're not that great. The Rockets are surprisingly good this year. So I think that's a good win, but you can see a little bit of their consistency. Uh, they're a lot, they're, they're looking a lot better than they did the previous six games. Westbrook is coming off the bench, and I haven't been following the games closely, so I know Sam is going to have a lot more insight. He's probably going to think, say something that's way more insightful than what I'm about, to, I'm throwing out here. But I mean, let's see if they can keep it up, right? But the six losses is definitely concerning. I think more than anything, if I'm looking at these scores, what t what this tells me is that their defense has been really suffering significantly. Um, it's been suffering. Well, James Harden has not been known to be a great defender, but again, it's also about like communic defense. Big part of defense is not just individually, but collectively, right? The communication, how you communicate, and when you have a new team, we have new, somebody new like James Harden coming in who isn't known as a defender. It kind of makes things, it kind of spirals things in the wrong direction when it comes to defense. So, to me, that's again, I think, and that was that was the calling card for the Clippers, right? Before James Harden went there, they were a great defensive team. Um, and so that to me is the ongoing question. Can they sustain or at least have some sort of recognize, recognizable defense that they've had in the past three or four years? So again, and I know that was very light. You guys expected me to rag on the Clippers and I was, I'm just feeling in a good mood today. I'm feeling nice. You know? <laughs> It's been a good week. It's Thanksgiving week. It's a short week from work, everyone. So don't. Nothing's wrong with me, okay, JJ. I'm feeling fine. I'm not gonna rag on the Clippers for today. I'm good. Are you okay? All right. I'm. I'm done. I'm sorry. That was kind of a rant. It was kind of a spiel. But go ahead. What do you think, JJ? Jay, do you do you attribute this wins to James Harden kind of figuring it out with the team, or with uh, Russell Westbrook coming off of the bench here? Come. Call me crazy, man. Um, I do agree with John with certain aspects of the defense, but the Clippers' defense—they haven't actually been that bad. They're ranked seventh. They've been losing because their two best players aren't playing like they're the two best players on the team, which is Paul George and Kawhi. Kawhi is not playing like how he played when he was the Finals MVP. Yeah, Paul George having tour date stats for shooting okay and James Harden to your point John when you have one very weak link on defense that could change the whole dynamic and we've seen that me and Jun have 
experienced that watching Warrior Games with Jordan Poole, and now Wizards fans have that joy. So, <laughs> with that being said, I'll just say that um, what they need to do is clean up their offense because with Westbrook, Harden, Kawhi, Paul George, and Zubak, they haven't been re- been really scoring, Sammy. I don't know if you've been seeing that, but no scoring, especially with all those... I mean, they're more than capable, obviously, but they haven't been really scoring, and their turnover rate, that's the huge problem. Yeah, and the fit... And I will, I will preface all this. I was not an initial proponent of this trade. I'm still very questionable about it now, and I will continue to be. But the thing that was said from the beginning was these four guys cannot start together. That was given. And Tyloo is very much a player's coach. He wanted to give it a chance. He didn't want to bruise any egos. That was very clear. And so I think that cost them some wins up front. But to Westbrook's credit, I don't know if you guys saw the story. He went to the coaching staff and volunteered to come off the bench because he knew the fit was bad. So the first four games with Harden... They must listen to our pod because I think we mentioned that, right? Frequently. He and I talked about it. He appreciated the point. Um, But their offensive rating the first four games with those guys starting was the lowest in the league by a mile. It wasn't even close. And you could see it watching. Leonard's numbers fell off. George's numbers fell off. And you could tell they were trying to defer too much to Harden. And Harden was deferring right back. No one wanted to take control. Westbrook was put in the dunker spot, which he should not have been in. It would just, it made no sense. And so they put Terrence Mann in for Westbrook the last two games, and Mann doesn't need shots. It allows everyone to be more aggressive. So the first game they did that, I think PG went for like 23 24. Leonard looked a lot better. And then last game, uh, George looked great. He, he was playing great before the trade, and it looked a little better. So I think this fit helps. Zubak has also been a major beneficiary of Harden being there. They've developed a lot of chemistry quickly. Defensively, I think putting men in for Westbrook has kind of covered up Harden's deficiencies. So the true test is going to, and John mentioned this, like the Spurs are clearly rebuilding. We all know that for this year. The test coming up is after the next few games, they've got San Antonio again tomorrow. Let's say they win that game. After that, what's coming up is a bit of a gauntlet and we're going to see if if this is a two-game mirage or if it's something real because after that happens i believe i saw four-game road stand if not more so it's going i'm sorry a few games at home home pelicans mavs denver at sacramento at golden state home golden state we're going to see where this team is at in that stretch Uh right there and if they can actually hang and if this worked or if these last two games was just a mirage I'm sorry, Sammy. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at the timing of the Kawhi soundboard. That is, <laughs> that is, but I agree, Sammy. I think a lot of what you said makes sense. What's interesting to me, and, and I'm sure the opponents that you that the teams played factor into this a lot, but the Laker, the Clippers are seventh in defensive rating, twelfth, I believe, in offensive rating. They're five and seven. The Lakers are twenty second in offensive rating and in defensive rating or 10th and they are nine and six so screw those offensive and defensive ratings guys that's basically <laughs> what i'm saying here no i'm kidding i know there's other factors that you have to take into account 
I mean, for me, I, I think this is a sign of good things to come. I like that um, Russell Westbrook is coming off the bench because we predicted this after the first game, right? We were here, we were sitting here talking about it. We talked about how James Harden was the first one to go to the bench, and then he kind of ran that second unit. Um, and now they've switched Russell Westbrook. And I said right from the start, I'm like, I like Russell Westbrook running that unit better than James Harden. So we'll see what the Clippers do in the next coming games. We're hoping for good things for Sammy. We're going to talk about the Golden State Warriors here. They went on a crazy losing streak. They lost against the Nuggets, the Cavs, the T-Wolves twice, and OKC twice. And then they got a win against the lowly Houston Rockets. And we were all very hyped to see Chris Paul fit into this team really well at the beginning of the season. And there hasn't been a lot of explanation for why these losses are coming after starting off so well, so fast at the beginning. So I need someone to make sense out of this. What's going on with the Golden State Warriors? What's your guys' level of concern based off of these losses? What do you guys think? Well, oh the biggest thing that I'm seeing of these L's, this plethora of L's here that I'm seeing on the screen. Sorry, JJ, I know that upsets you it hurts <laughs> is all of the teams that they played and this is actually in defense of the warriors but it's more of a, just a personnel thing is that all of these teams have elite bigs are they mm -hmm. elite bigs or really great bigs right so the nuggets obviously Jokic, Cavs have mobley mm. timberwolves mm -hmm. with cat and i don't want to say gobert but he's a good he's a decent defensive player and then okc with chet and giddy right there these are big teams and the warriors do not have i think their tallest player looney kavan looney is what six nine yeah six ten like pushing six, six nine. nine maybe six ten and they're just getting beat on the boards they're probably i mean i can't i don't have the stats in front of me but i would imagine that they're getting beat on the boards the teams are getting extra possessions um and when you're a bigger team you're just going to tire out the smaller team that's just a fact right physically so that to me is going to happen throughout the season as long as the Warriors continue to play these teams with great, good, great elite bigs, um, unless the, the Warriors make a trade, you know, and I think they do need to make a trade. I think they need to, and I would, I would love to get the thoughts of, of Roe and, and JJ on here, the resident Warrior fans, but I think they need to trade one of their guards, um, one of their prospects for someone a, a big backup big or somebody who you know like a Jurkic I don't want to say Jurkic but like someone maybe like him but who's maybe more athletic but that same tier maybe because I don't know if they can I don't think they have the assets unless you trade you know Steph which they ain't happening for like an elite big that I don't think that's going to happen and that's that's why they they took a chance on Wiseman right like you look back on it and you really see that it didn't pan out obviously LaMelo Ball is the better prospect, the better player by far. But the reason why they took Wiseman is because I think they recognize as a, as a, as management and executives, they realize that that's what they were missing. That is something that they needed to, a gap they needed to fill. And they, you know, to their, to their credit, they sh they shot their shot, but just didn't pan out. So what do you guys think? I think that's part of it too. I noticed that. Um, the other thing, I think there's two other factors. One, is well clearly they're still not athletic enough 
And mm-hmm. you look at the teams they lost, it's not only they lost against, it's not only that they're bigs, like Minnesota has Edwards and McDaniels, like we talked about. Mobley is super athletic, so is Donovan Mitchell. The Thunder's entire team is insanely athletic, and there's, there is a lack on this Warriors team right now of someone outside of Kuminga, but from what we have seen, Kuminga's basketball IQ isn't quite there. So you have that issue, and then you have the huge elephant in the room so far this year, which is Clay Thompson. Yep. He was just not playing well. I know he had a little bit of a bounce back game here against Houston. That was the first game all year that he got for 20 points. If I saw right on the season, he is shooting 40%. Obviously, unfortunately, not his fault, but the injuries have depleted his defensive ability. So there's just, it felt like to me, and the same way that I could talk more about the Clippers, you guys can clue me in on this, but it felt like to me if everything wasn't perfect within system and Steph didn't go off, then the likelihood that this team wins significantly decreases. And it speaks to Steph's greatness that they opened, I think it was 5-1. and one. Um, But this is a very limited roster right now. And like you were saying, John, I don't know if the assets are there to fix it right away. Or if they can maybe band-aid it enough combined with the fact that you have a generational player to still make a run. So that being said, I'll defer to the Warriors fans and you can tell me what, what you're thinking right now. <laughs> JJ's thinking bleep, bleep, bleep I you. That's what he's thinking. We need we need the crying <laughs> the crying sound effects. There, there are a lot of issues and I, I think June could help me out with this, but for the six losses at home, which we should have they should have taken care of, but they didn't. Four out of those six we were leading in the fourth quarter. Okay. You aren't, and this might be my take, but from what I've seen in a league that highly emphasizes defense, if you're missing your two best defensive players in Draymond and GP2, it is going to be hard to contain these teams, as both of you explained, that are highly athletic. That's number. That's that's number one, right? Your two defensive players are out. Number two, and you guys briefly touched on it. Wiggins and Clay, winning comes down to them. Steph is obviously the engine. German is the heart and soul of the team. But Wiggins and Clay, they have to be rolling. They have to do what they do. You can't have one night where Wiggins has one rebound or shoot 5 for 17. Clay shooting 3 for 18. That is unacceptable, and that's why we lost those games. I'm not trying to oversimplify it, but I say Draymond and GP2 are out. But we've had nights during the championship run where people are are injured. That's going to happen, especially with this old team. The second... Warriors defense, though. Sorry, mm-hmm. go ahead, no, Jay. No, no, no. no. I was, I was gonna say go this is a, this is a tough. That list is a tough schedule. These yes. are good. These are really good teams. Very so. yes. I, I I agree with you, John. But what bothers me is that we had back to backs against uh, two teams, the Wolves and OKC. How do we not split at least one of those? That's that's the thing that I don't understand. Like Steve Kerr, you're a great coach, great playoff coach. There should have been at least a, a little bit of an adjustment to where we could win those games. It didn't happen. I'm really frustrated with with Wiggins and Clay, but my question here is 
We all know the Warriors are old. Okay? They're getting older. Are we finally seeing them actually be old? Because maybe in the past few years, they would have stretches where they could put it together and win some games when it really, really mattered. Now I'm starting to question, like, does Clay actually have it? Is what we saw from Wiggins two years ago, was that real? Or is this the real Wiggins? Like, these are the questions I have in my mind now because what they've shown me is that these things are possible, right? That Clay might not have it anymore. And Wiggins might not be that dude anymore. And honestly, there's a lot of people in like Warriors land that are calling to move on from these guys, which is insane, right? It's it's crazy to think. Um, but guys, I, I'm going to say this. I'm going to ask for your prediction here. Warriors, where are they in playoff standing? Are they making the playoffs or are they going to go into the play-in? What do you guys think? Quickly. Play in. Okay. I think play in. Sammy? Agreed. Oh, I guess we'll just have to see, guys. I also think play in. But we got to talk about the Los Angeles no! Lakers here. The Lakers. <laughs> Man. I thought they were in trouble at the beginning of the season. But now they've put together a nice little stretch of wins. They won against the Suns, the Blazers, the Grizzlies. And then in between, they lost against the Kings. And then they went to go win against the Blazers, Rockets, and Jazz. So the the teams that they beat weren't, you know, superstar teams. I'm going to put that out there real quick. But the fact that they won the games, they still won them. This is a good sign, right? You don't want to lose to subpar teams. Are we starting to believe the Lakers are kind of back in playoff contention, back for championship contention here? What do you guys think? I mean, as long as LeBron James is Benjamin Button, I'm just going to say that. Yeah. Continues to be Benjamin Button, then I think the Lakers have as good a chance as anybody. I'll say that. And I'll I'll, uh, I'll end with it, but I just wanted to say that. Go ahead, JJ. No, I was just going to you know, add on to that, John, which is... LeBron James, man. I, I can't believe this dude. Uh, some stats to throw out there. 60% for field goals. Yeah. Making 70% of his shots during the crunch time. And this is kind of concerning, but Anthony Davis, when LeBron is not on the court with him, the Lakers are getting outscored 16 points per 100 possessions. Wow. Come on, AD. Come yeah. on, man. You're supposed I to mean, be the MVP caliber player here. Jay, I completely agree with you. I just want to throw something in there. True shooting percentage. Number one is Steph Curry. Number two, LeBron James. That just shows how wow. efficient he has been the um, guys, at the start man. of the season. Yeah, the old guys. Really, it's crazy. Sammy, what do you think? I mean, I'll definitely echo what you guys are saying about LeBron. This is wild to watch just how good this dude is. I will say it is laughable to look back at game one when they <laughs> talked about a 30-minute uh, average for him on the season. Hey, right. You remember yep. that, but I certainly do. Uh, we're at 34 and a half minutes per game currently. AD is averaging 35 or 36. Given their recent health history over the last four or five years, I don't know if that's the best trend. That does make me wonder then, is there a trust issue that Darvin Ham has with the bench? Because I do remember we all thought they had a great offseason. And we thought that they were pretty deep. 
Uh, I'm curious if that's still going to play out, if there's more of a trust that needs to be developed. Um, just looking at some of the moves they made, I think moving Reeves to the bench was an absolutely brilliant move in hindsight. That was a great call. Agreed. Um, D'Angelo Russell's been playing surprisingly well, which is great for them when he ups his trade value when he inevitably is no longer on the team in February. Um, so, yeah, right, pretty much. So I do agree with you about the, the quality of competition, though. And it's funny because, John, you literally just raised this point about ratings. And the teams they beat, they've beaten two teams so far that have winning records this season. So... You only play who's in front of you, and you do your best with that. So they've handled it so far. Let's see what happens as well when competition ups. They are themselves are going on a uh, four-game road trip soon. They've got Cleveland, Philly, and OKC as three of those four, with a scrimmage in Detroit in between. So we will we will see what what goes on there. But yeah, Sammy, you're. I mean, like you're right. You can only play who's in front of you. Yeah, but I mean, I. I'm a homer, but I'm not that much of a homer. I can look at these list of teams and say, okay, this wasn't, we're not beating the Mount Rushmore of NBA teams here, right? Like the 96 Bulls aren't on here. I mean, these are bottom tier teams, a lot of them. We did the Suns, obviously you're still a talented team. The yeah. Kings we lost to, and then the Rockets are a decent team this year, but the rest of the, these, the squads, but the good news, like you said, is that, you know, you play who's in front of you and you, you take care of business. The Jazz are not a good team. They're four and ten, I think, and we really beat them the way that they should be beat, right? By forty something points or thirty something points. So that's a good sign. If these are all close games, I think some of them are. Then you, I think, I'd be more concerned. But I'd be lying if I saying that I'm not. I'm cautiously optimistic because, again, these are not great teams. But that's a good point. Yeah, absolutely. We're, I'm going to move on here, and we're going to talk about the Sacramento Kings. Your third and, favorite team. I mean, <laughs> man, so the rankings, we went in order here. The, the Clippers are um, are 11th in standings in the West. Then it goes the Warriors, who are at 10th, and the Lakers, who are at 6th, and the Kings, who are at 5th now with a record of 8-5. and five. And at the beginning of the season, I think it was only maybe like four or five games in, I said that the Kings were the most disappointing team at the start of the season because they started so poorly. And now they've gotten a nice stretch of wins. They, they defeated the Blazers, OKC, Cavs, Lakers, Spurs, and Mavs. I mean, what do you guys think of these Sacramento Kings? Are they back to being sort of like the, the spunky team in the west like they were last year i mean it seems like it like looking at what you said you're absolutely right they, they came out two and four all four of those losses were only the two teams they clearly have issues playing the warriors we we know that now can't beat the warriors yeah. playoffs regular season hell they can't beat them in the preseason they lost them twice there too so <laughs> there's one issue they also lost back to back in houston which is interesting uh that could have been fluky houston also looks a lot better but then you're right. They came out and look at the teams they've beaten. I mean, the exact same thing when we talked about the schedule. Thunder, Cavs, Lakers, three in a row. That's really impressive. And then they beat the Mavs after that. Clearly with them, the same thing about defining players. As good as De'Aaron Fox is, I think he's still underrated. He went out and they struggled. He comes back and 
they they start putting up 130 points a game again. So uh, I will say I'm impressed. I expected a little bit of a fall off, and it has not been there. Clearly, they they belong where they are right now. This is not last year was not a one off. This is a playoff team going forward as long as knock on wood they stay healthy. That's that's what I've observed so far. So. Not too much of an evolution from last year based on my like superficial impression, but you guys can tell me if you watch them if I'm seeing something that or if I'm missing something different. I don't think you're missing anything different. I think the Kings are legit. I will obviously I'll say this that I, I thought they were gonna still be legit. As long as again and it always pains me to, to think about this because I remember that the Lakers chose Lonzo Ball over Deer and Fox in that draft and every time i watch him play it just makes me angrier and angrier filled with rage um I De'Aaron mean, to, fox is to just... be fair De'Aaron fox wasn't De'Aaron fox like we know now True. like like three three years ago you know like we were thinking that like what tyrese halliburton was that dude in like in uh sacramento but now like De'Aaron fox he's like bonafide star now that yeah. Halliburton's gone, I, I did not expect this from him. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I mean, I agree. I think you're right. He It wasn't really expected. It kind of came up, came up. But I think even at that time, though, there were there were rumblings about and there were there's a lot of people who would disagree with the, picking Lonzo over De'Aaron Fox. But hindsight is 2020. That's neither here nor there. But back to the Kings. I mean, I just think that they play their, their style of play. Um, they have that continuity. They have the familiarity. They're, they more or less have the same team, and they're just they they play with a lot of pace. And as long as they, you know, I think that's their their style. That is who they are. Their identity. And if they continue to play like that, they're young. They're athletic. Um, I think they could they could make a lot of noise. You know, and I don't know what their defensive rating is right now. And I know I kind of ragged on defensive rating, so I'll leave that alone for now. I I think you know, as as a co- as Mike Brown, he's he's defensive coach. I would I would venture in guessing that they are a better defensive team this year, ratings wise. They're nineteenth um, right now. Okay, what were they like middle tier, right? Or kind of a little worse than middle tier. Um, but you know, we'll see. I, I think that the that just being together for another year and having De'Aaron Fox, you always give yourself a chance. I mean, to me, I think De'Aaron Fox like missing um, was a big deal, like for that defensive rating, because I don't know if you guys have seen him play like on ball defense. He's actually really good on ball. The addition that I actually like this year, I thought it was going to be uh, Vizenkov. Um, what was it, the European MVP or something like that? Mm-hmm. The one that I actually like is JaVale McGee, who's playing like 12 minutes a game, and he's just taking a lot of like pounding away from DeMontis Sabonis, who plays like way more physical than you would think just looking at him. I like that addition. So really quick, I know we're running over time here. At the end of the season, I want you guys to rank top to bottom, how the California teams are going to finish. Mm. What do you guys think? I'm going to start with Sammy here. 
Don't do it. Uh, don't do it. There's we're all biased. We're all biased. Don't end, don't end the episode on regular a season though. or playoffs. Uh, we're gonna go at the end of regular season. Where where do we where do we land on seating? End of regular season. Okay. End of regular season playoff seating. I am going to go Kings. Lakers, as much as that pains me to say. Ooh. And then somewhere right near each other battling for six and seven are the Clippers and the Warriors. Okay, John. Well, I'm gonna have to flip one one two of those teams, but Sam for the most part, I think I have Sammy's so the Lakers. Uh, whatever, call me Homer. Do whatever you want to say. I'm just going with it. I don't care. I'm shame shameless. Lakers number one. Kings number two. And you know what? Earlier I said I wasn't gonna do this, but I'm doing it now. Warriors number three. And Clippers last. So I want to point out here that John is not planning. John is saying that Anthony Davis is going to remain healthy for the season. I did not say that. I'm just thinking LeBron James has become the 2006 LeBron LeBron James. James is going to stay healthy for the season. Sammy, he's taking PEDs. I think we. I think that's like a foregone conclusion at this point. He needs a 20 game break after that cycle. That's what he does every year now. JJ, what you think, man? I'm more of the thinking of what Sam was saying, which is the Kings will probably have the best season record out of all of our teams. But to be honest, I think none of our teams, the Lakers, Clippers, or Warriors, they don't really care about regular season games. That's part of it. So it's just like, just get into the (laughs) dance and we'll see from there. But if I had to rank them, probably Lakers above the Warriors and Clippers and Warriors and Clippers. I could see those two teams having a game differential or one or two wins, to be honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm with I'm with you and Sammy on that one. Uh, my rankings are pretty much the same with the Kings on top. But anyway, that's actually all we have for tonight's episode. I want to thank you three for being on. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Thanks, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. She knows she loves Jay because... Sammy, thanks for being on, man. Always good to be here. Happy Thanksgiving to all. Remember, bet the favorites on Thanksgiving, except the Cowboys. Sammy takes it all the way! <laughs> John, thanks for being on, man. Hey, happy Thanksgiving. Lots to be thankful for. Take care, everyone. I'm Detective John. And of course, shout out to our video producer, RJ. RJ! Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Clinic All NBA. I'm Rose Panta. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts.